As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Oracle Network. Hey friends, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Melanie Peterson, and today marks the beginning of a short series I'm doing about Katie Palmer. She was a science teacher from Denison, Texas, who was killed after being hit by a truck while she was out on a walk with her husband, John, on the morning of April 21st, 2020. What I'm going to cover in these episodes is nothing short of a travesty. The person who killed Katie still walks free. The officer who investigated the crash displayed poor and biased judgment and continues to rise through the ranks of his department. The district attorney's office seems to be dragging their feet in terms of bringing this case to trial, to a place where accountability can be taken and the law does what so many of us have been raised to believe that it does, protect us and make sure that when something wrong happens, the offending person is held responsible. But what happens when the choices of the responding officer are why the person responsible for the death of a loved one is not being held accountable and walks free the same day your soulmate is taken from you. I will warn you that these episodes will be difficult to listen to. You're going to hear firsthand the experiences that this family has gone through, and it is absolutely heartbreaking. As I go into more details about the investigation and how mishandled it was next week, I have no doubt in my mind that you will be as saddened and disgusted as I am at how this case has been handled, and I hope that it'll inspire you to get involved however you feel is necessary. Buckle up, my friends. This one is going to be a bumpy ride. This is Mask of Sanity. Katie Palmer was the beloved wife of John Palmer. She was mother to Bella and Brandon. She was a daughter, a friend, a favorite amongst her students. Everyone who crossed paths with her felt her warmth just radiating out of her. In fact, on the same day she was killed, Katie, an avid animal lover with six pets of her own, posted a video to her YouTube channel inviting her students to bring their pets to class. And in the video, she talked about how how difficult everything was given the pandemic and school shutting down, and how they were probably all missing the classroom guinea pigs, Winnie Pig and Honey Bear. This is just one example of how much she loved her students and wanted to help them adjust however she could to the Zoom classes, to not seeing their friends every day amid the shutdown at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic last year. She had an incredibly bright future, When I spoke to her mother, Rhonda, a few weeks ago for the first time, 
Rhonda told me how she and Katie had talked about Katie getting into politics, running for the Senate or the House of Representatives in five years. We need women like her as a leader, Rhonda said. Armed with intelligence for days, Katie earned a 4.5 GPA and was even recruited by Duke University. She would graduate from Austin College with a Bachelor of Arts in Biology. There was no doubt she had the brains and the drive. She was active. She loved everything that life had to offer. After college, Katie became a teacher, sharing her passion for science with her students, especially in robotics, STEM, and biology. She was recognized as Teacher of the Year three times while she taught at Henry Scott Middle School. Her students adored her. Her fellow teachers and administration have also felt the massive blow of losing someone like her in their school. She was the prime example of the kind of person you want as a role model for your children. She was passionate, hardworking. She recognized the need to help others by volunteering at Hagerman National Wildlife Refuge as well as Denison Parks and Recreation. She also created a program called Care Comforters, in which she encouraged her students to make comforters that would then be delivered to local nursing homes and hospitals. On Wednesday, April 21st, 2021, this will mark the one-year anniversary of the crash that caused Katie's death. Her husband, John, her mother, Rhonda, and many other family and friends who support them have been working tirelessly to shed more light on this case the ineptitude of the ones who investigated the case, the man responsible for killing Katie and severely injuring John, Corey Todd Foster. On April 21st, 2020, John Palmer would experience the worst day of his life. When he woke up that morning and asked his wife, Katie, to go on a walk with him, they had no idea that within minutes of leaving their home, their entire world would get turned upside down in the most horrific way imaginable. They left their eldest to keep an eye on things, saying that they were going for a walk and to maybe see if they could spot a nest of killdeer that Katie had spotted in the days before at the nearby golf course. Killdeer are interesting in the fact that they nest on the ground, so it's a real treat if you can spot them, especially for someone with a passion for nature like Katie. As they walked along Glenwood Drive, facing traffic, trying to avoid the dew-covered grass that was glistening in the sun so that their pants and shoes didn't get wet, they were just taking some time and enjoying each other's company before the day really got going. The next thing they knew, John and Katie were airborne, pain shooting through their bodies as they landed about 70 feet away in the grass. John was conscious, ignoring the pain and looking for Katie. He spotted her, and as he crawled over to her, sang her name over and over, he couldn't see any blood, and then all of a sudden Katie let out a horrible moan. She was laying on her left side, and he gently rolled her onto her back and laid next to her, holding her hand. At this point, she was unresponsive and not breathing as John urged her to take a breath. Finally, Katie gasped, and for a split second, John felt a sense of hope that things might be okay. She was breathing but only every 10 to 15 seconds, and as the sirens got closer, her breathing became less and less frequent. As Katie looked up at the sky, her eyes were fixed, and she wasn't blinking. And deep down, a thought crossed John's mind. Could this be the last time he was going to see his wife alive? What do you say to the love of your life as you're watching them slip away in front of you? For this first episode, I've invited Katie's husband, John, and her mother, Rhonda, to come on the show and just talk about Katie, talk about what they loved about her, their favorite memories, and their experiences since the crash. This episode is meant to be a tribute to Katie Palmer and an open platform for her family to speak about the case as much as they can. I want everyone to know who Katie was and from the people who loved her the most. You know, her life was cut short by someone who doesn't seem to fully grasp the impact that his choices have made on the lives of so many others. And trust me, we will get into all of that next week. But for now, here are John Palmer and Rhonda Nail to tell us about Katie Palmer. She was such a free spirit. Like, it, it's funny because we, we, we always gave her a hard time. Um, she was a notorious planner. She had to plan everything. She she gets that from she gets that from her father Tony, and uh, which you know she was 
she was really responsible, um, but she was a planner. And then, but what was funny is that on the flip side, she was also a free spirit, just just like her mom. So was the best of both worlds. I mean, we, again, we always gave her a hard time for over planning everything. I, I think I've stated before, um, she loved to travel just like her mom, but I think she got just as much pleasure from planning the trip from how to get to A to B than what to do when she got to B okay. and then from B back home. So um, I, I, I just remember when we first met, uh, she didn't have a care in the world. I mean, she, she didn't have a care in the world. She was fun to be around. Um, I, I remember one day in, in particular, um, we both went to Austin College and I had a capstone economics class. And this class was obviously very important. And uh, if, you, if you didn't pass this class, then did not get the piece of paper with your name and the college on it, right. which was kind of the whole point behind, uh, you know, the four, four years going a L- little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, <laughs> and I had uh, two friends that were in, in that class and I think I missed the third, third class in a row to go four wheeling with, with Katie over at uh, Rhonda's place. And I remember them going like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I was going four wheeling. And never gone four wheel before, but all she had to do was ask, and I and I was there. And it's weird. That uh, hmm. <laughs> never gets easier. Take your time. That 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 time. In that field, um, remember, you know, you, you don't remember moments until after they happen. So you, I, I, I couldn't tell you anything more about that day other than remember she was wearing um, gray shorts and a, and a white shirt and remember four wheeling with her and just remembering the feeling I had and right then and there I knew she was it. And I mean, it was, it was that moment. And it's funny. uh, (laughs) I always remember that stuff. Uh, She was kind of the polar opposite. She was like, we went four wheeling. I was like, Oh yeah, you know, we went four wheeling. (laughs) And um, it was just everything about her. I, I, I love being with her. She, she wanted to always do something. Never sit around. Um, it was never dull with her. She, you know, we, we've said it many times before. She loved science. She absolutely loved nature. Uh, she would take us to Hagerman to go look at birds. And that's, she was big into ornithology in college. Um, she'd come over to my apartment. She'd have these flashcards. And I'd have to read out the, the bird names. Um <laughs> Not the not the common names, right. but the uh, scientific ones scientific that I could names. not pronounce. <laughs> Read out the characteristics, and mm-hmm. she would guess them. You know? Well, her phone still has bird calls. And that was her phone rings was bird calls. She absolutely loved that. Um, loved science, loved nature. Um, the thing she cherished the most, hands down, family. She put family before anything. And that was just another one of her many great traits. Um, She loved her family, adored her mom, 
I don't think a day went by where she didn't either see Rhonda or talk, talk to Rhonda. And um, her dad lived a little far further away, Tony. Um, she talked to him. About the weather. Anytime, and we, we've said it before, anytime there was a particular cell that moved, moved through, uh, I think, I swear, like two minutes before that, that would come up on, on the TV or anything like that, it was Tony calling Katie, and they'd have this, you know, one or two word back back and forth about about the weather. Like, you know, yep, looks bad. Sure does. Wonder what's going to happen. I don't know. Have you seen this? Just just the back and forth. Like, they just kind of morphed into the same person. Yeah. But um, her her love for, for, for family was... Um, just again, one of the one of the many things that I love loved about her, and she adored her kids. She adored her kids and um, her husband. She had she she was strong. You know, not only was she beautiful, but she was smart, intelligent, and strong. Um, I was deployed to Africa when Katie was pregnant with Bella, and not one time did she call me. Complaining, you know, like, why aren't you here? I'm doing this by by myself. She was so strong. She had great support with um, her family and her mom and dad. But um, she was strong. She did it. And um, I got back two weeks later, two or three weeks later at DFW out of the terminal. Walked outside and there she was with, with Bella. Um, strong, smart, very smart, beautiful. She was, she was everything. And she had a photographic memory. Mm -hmm. So I remember one time we went to SMU and they kept asking questions about the meaning of the art that we were looking at. She kept giving these at length descriptions of this art back to the guy and he was saying she was a senior in high school and the man that was doing it said how do you know this much about these pieces and she said well I came on a tour in the eighth grade and you told us this and he was like wow but that's what I dealt with her whole life (laughs) yeah it runs in our family she was one of the ones that got it okay so that's what we knew she was gearing up for bigger things. We talked about it uh, two days before she died. I said, mm-hmm. hey, you've done as much. You've gone as far as you can go. She brought STEM programs to this community, to this school. And I said, we need, you know, I've been telling her that since she was little. We need leaders like you to take us on. She goes, Mom. I need four more, four to five more years, and I'm ready. And that was, we were hiking six miles uh, the Sunday before she got killed Tuesday morning. We hiked every day, either me and all of us, or him and Kate, or me and Katie. Mm -hmm. And we went to New York City, me and her and uh, her daughter and our niece in July last year. Okay. July 2019 for Bella's 13th birthday. We walked 45 miles in five days. It's real easy to do here. It is. There, you it walk everywhere when you're here. Yeah. But she, you know, she had studied, and that's what I do too when we travel. You know, I'll study for a year where I want to go, what I want to do, how I want to do it. And so I said, this one's yours because I want you to start taking over my spot. And so she had us, I mean, we got to see, we got to do everything in New York City plus three Broadway shows. So it was fantastic. Nice. It was the best. It was Bella's birthday, 13th birthday. So I can't imagine having a better. Which birthday. is why Katie and I got along so well, because I'm pretty much the guy that packs the morning of. <laughs> yes. And she would pack. Yeah. I'm not lying. Three to four days in advance. I get and, it. Right? That's fine. I, I mean, it. like I am, I am getting stuff way. out of the washer throwing it in the dryer morning up. And she's like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, oh, man. No, we, I, we have an hour and a half. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Balance each other out that way. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it was. Oh, man. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> The loss of someone that you love is incredibly tragic, especially when it's unexpected like this, and it should not happen like this. Unfortunately, cases like Katie's occur more often than they should, and because of this, her family has stepped up and taken a place beside Michelle and Dwayne Carney in support of what they're trying to get done in the state of Texas. The Carney's son, Colton, was killed in January 2017 when he was hit by a car as he walked to work. As the law in Texas currently stands, it, quote, leaves it up to the individual law enforcement officer to decide whether or not to conduct a blood alcohol test on a motorist when they hit a pedestrian, end quote. In Colton's case, his body was tested for drugs and alcohol, but the person who hit him was not. Now, I know to hear this, it doesn't seem to make much sense. Why isn't this the standard already? And it's also exactly what happened when Katie Palmer was killed. The driver of the F-250 truck, Corey Todd Foster, did not have his blood tested at the discretion of Department of Public Safety trooper Tarif Al-Khatib. And this is despite Al-Khatib stating in the body cam footage that he could smell alcohol as he stood there and spoke with Foster. And Foster himself was unable to accurately say for sure when he stopped drinking the night before. So instead of sending Foster to the hospital for a blood test that would have determined whether or not he was telling the truth when he said he hadn't drank since the night before, or if he had any other substances in his body, Al-Khatib gave Foster a lift home. You heard that right. He gave the man who had just severely injured two people by hitting them with his truck on the opposite side of the road a lift home instead of using common sense and getting this man's blood tested. And again, we will get more into the suspected reason behind that decision in next week's episode. So with Colton Carney's case, Texas State Representative Terry Mesa filed a House bill, also known as Colton's Law, which, if it passes, will require that, quote, anyone who hits a pedestrian in this state causing serious bodily injury or death should not be allowed to leave the scene of that accident without having been tested for the presence of drugs or alcohol in their body, end quote. And you know what? I completely agree with that. It should not be just the victim who is tested, but the driver should be too. So hopefully, when this bill passes, it will bring a sense of relief for any families who have been affected like this. In the aftermath of Katie's death and realizing that this is something that needs to be addressed and changed, John and Rhonda traveled to Austin, Texas on Thursday, April 8, 2021, to testify in front of the Texas House Committee on Homeland Security and Public Safety in support of what was previously known as House Bill 1287. It's now called House Bill 558, and again, if passed, this bill will require any motorist who hits and either seriously injures or kills a pedestrian to submit to a blood test for alcohol and or drugs. Obviously, if this bill had already been in effect, then Corey Foster would have been required to submit to a blood test instead of Tarif Al-Khatib making the decision to not ask for a blood test despite being asked by another officer at the scene, despite Foster presenting with a .06 on the portable breath test 50 minutes after the crash and reeking of alcohol, plus the fact that he just hit two pedestrians who were walking on the opposite side of the road. Being able to have this opportunity to speak publicly to lawmakers who are able to enact the change needed to ensure that people are held responsible for the harm they cause was something that neither John or Rhonda have ever shied away from. This is for Katie. What they did is for Colton. This is for anyone who has ever felt like they weren't getting the support they need from the people we expect to protect us. And I would also like to share the audio of John and Rhonda's testimony at this time. Thank you. The chair calls John Palmer and uh, on deck, Rhonda Nail. John Palmer and on deck, Rhonda Nail. Please state your name, who you represent and your position on the bill. John Palmer, I represent myself and I'm for this bill. So I stated my name is John Palmer 
my wife's name was Katie Palmer. As a victim and now a widower, because of the actions of an impaired and reckless driver, I'm in full support of House Bill 558, as long as this bill requires automatic blood testing for motorists that seriously injure or kill pedestrians. On April 21st of last year, my wife and I went for a morning walk, 7.30 a.m. 15 minutes later, my neighbor, Corey Todd Foster, crossed over the roadway and hit us from behind as we were walking alongside the road facing traffic. He hit us so hard he knocked us out of our shoes. We went 70 feet into the grass. I couldn't walk. I had to crawl over to my wife, hold her hand as she died in front of me. 50 minutes later, DPS trooper Tarif Al-Khatib, a family friend of Foster, performed a PBT on Foster, and Foster that morning, smelling strongly of alcohol, 50 minutes later, blew a .06. 50 minutes later, smelling of alcohol, blew a .06. Al-Khatib never asked Foster for a blood test. Even when asked by another trooper on scene if he was going to get blood, Tarif declined. The poor and biased decisions that day contributed to Foster not being arrested, not being charged with the crime. Drawing Foster's blood that day should have been automatic. Shouldn't be left up to an officer. But instead of being driven to the hospital for a blood draw, the officer drove his family friend home. Foster has continued to drink and drive after killing Katie. He's never been held accountable. Why isn't blood draw already automatic? My wife and I did not have a choice that day when we were sent to the hospital. My wife's killer made that choice for us when he ran us over. A vote for this bill is a vote for justice and accountability as long as blood testing is automatic for any motorist that seriously injures or kills a pedestrian. Katie could have been your wife, your mother, your sister, your daughter, your cousin, your friend, or your soulmate. You could be me. You could still be fighting for justice one year later, but we're not going to stop. 20 years with my soulmate was taken away by a menace with a 30-year record. It has never been held accountable. Victims have rights. Victims and their families deserve answers, not more questions. Thank you. Sir, thank you for your testimony. And uh, we do. We are sorry for your loss. Uh, members, any questions? Thank you for your testimony. Chair calls Rhonda Nail. Frank Sellers on deck. Frank Sellers. And if you please state your name, your position on the bill, and who you represent. Hello, I'm Rhonda Nail, and I am re representing myself, and I support HB 558 as long as it requires mandatory blood tests in the event of a pedestrian fatality or serious bodily injury. On April 21st, 2020, my daughter Katie Palmer and her husband, John Palmer, were struck by a known reckless driver. Katie was killed and John was critically injured. The driver has a 30-year history of reckless driving, public intoxication, and DWI citations. According to the trooper, he smelled strongly of alcohol on the morning of the accident, yet blood tests were not obtained. The driver was not arrested and the justice process was interrupted. Our family will never know the extent of his impairment on that day, whether he had drugs in addition to alcohol in his system, because blood tests were never taken. My daughter's home is very near to my home and less than two-tenths of a mile from where she lost her life. I arrived at the crash scene to see my daughter Katie's long curly hair hanging over a gurney and a medevac helicopter. John Palmer was loaded in an ambulance and surrounded by the EMTs. I frantically screamed, where are the kids? Where are the kids? The officer said, what kids? 
I started running to their home. When I reached their daughter and son, I gathered them together and told them their mom and dad had been struck by a truck. They asked if they were dead, and I had to truthfully answer, I don't know. These children have suffered so much. John Palmer did not get to see, be with his children when they said their final goodbyes to their mother because he was in ICU in a different city. My grandchildren have been devastated by the loss of their mother and live in fear of losing their father every single day. John Palmer lives with the loss of his soulmate. I struggle through each day without my daughter who was my constant companion and my son that was his only sister. I do not want one more family to experience the agony of this injustice. My daughter deserved better and each family who has suffered a similar loss deserves better. Katie was a smart, beautiful teacher, a scientist, a community leader, a volunteer. She has missed every moment of every day. In my opinion, it is not unreasonable to collect all the evidence at a potential crime scene. However, it is unreasonable to allow a criminal to leave the scene with the evidence of their crime, especially when it is time sensitive. A great injustice was done by allowing the driver to leave the scene without a blood test. Without those results, the victims, their families, and the prosecution are left blindfolded in the search for justice. I know this because the man who killed my daughter was driven home without consequence. Now my family lives in fear of this man who continues to drive up our streets every day. I would just like to add that my daughter was never in the hospital a day in her life. She donated seven organs, and, and this was during COVID, and she was in such prime shape that they were, and I'm still getting thank you letters every day from Southwest, UT Southwest. Thank you. Ma'am, thank you so much for that You're welcome. testimony. Any, any questions? Okay. You can take some questions if you'd like. I think right. Representative Patterson, uh, you're recognized to speak. Thank you for being here. All right. Um, I'm originally from Grayson County, and my sister-in-law, Jamie Patterson, who was Jamie Weems, yes. went to Austin College uh, with your daughter and um, taught with her, I think, for a little while mm -hmm. in Denison. And she talked to me about y'all's story multiple times. And I just want to thank y'all for your bravery for being here today and for coming down and working on this change. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. And I'm sure she told you a lot about Katie. Katie worked for the Ross Perot Foundation. She was a science, she came down here and worked. The only thing more spectacular than her beauty was her brain. And we literally had a five-year plan for her to be here in five years. So it's a loss for all of us. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. To stand up at a podium and talk about a situation that has caused so much pain and anger and confusion and yet remain as composed as both of them were, to me really speaks so much to the kind of people John Palmer and Rhonda Nail are and the kind of person that Katie Palmer was. They don't want what happened to Katie and to John to happen to someone else and they'll do whatever they can to not only get justice for Katie, but to put an end to unnecessary tragedies like her and Colton's deaths. They want the offenders to be held accountable and not protected by their friends in high places. John and Rhonda also spoke to me about their experience testifying in front of the committee comprised of members of the Texas House of Representatives. We left, again, we left Wednesday, mm -hmm. uh, got there the night before, Got to the Capitol about 9.15, Yeah. Um, we thought we were going to go on at about 10.30. We thought that's when the committee was going to meet. Mm -hmm. uh, they still had um, business out on the floor. I think lasted until about 1.45 or so. Then the, then the committee uh, commenced. Uh, we didn't meet until probably 10.30. Yeah. Probably 10.30, 10.45. I was the last one to talk. I was the last, um, you know, the the people that were contesting it went behind me. But I was, the, oh, well, I don't know after that. But anyway, I was the last one to talk of our bunch. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So it was the Carney family that, that went first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually met them. Oh, good. Um, you know, early in the morning, I'd say about 
11. Um, they're great people. I have nothing but respect for them. Um, they fought for four years to get this bill to where it's at now. Uh, the strength and the commitment that that family has shown over the past four years is admirable and spectacular. Mm -hmm. uh, they really love their son as any family would, but to go to these lengths to ensure that another family doesn't have to go through this, uh, they put their story out there. Uh, she emailed every single representative and um, Mesa is the one that reached out to her. Uh, Ms. Carney, I believe wrote the bill or wrote the actual language in the bill and spent a lot of time on it. And it just goes to show how dedicated she is to ensuring that other families don't go through what they've gone through right. and what we're going, going through now. We um, uh, gave our testimony again about 10, 1045. Um, and I'll let Rhonda speak on what, you know, she wants to talk about, but it felt it felt great to get up it did. and to speak about the events that happened mm -hmm. to people that can make a difference. Um, after giving my testimony, having listened to the Carney's talk, after giving my testimony and listening to Rhonda, who again, uh, just like Colton's mom, no parent should ever have to get up there and relive um, a day like that. Right. Um, parents are supposed to outlive their kids. <clears throat> and these two women and um, Colton's father got up there and did something that I hope to God I never have to do. And it was just a tremendous amount of strength and courage uh, for them to get up there and talk about that. After listening to Rhonda uh, speak so eloquently, um, about Katie and then to hear the feedback from the gentleman that testified after us in opposition to the bill, um, oh. in which he made, which he, he made remarks about, uh, the actions of DPS, uh, specifically about Tariq al and how he handled that. Um, and then to hear the feedback from the representatives as, as well. Um, gave us validation okay. that Good. what we've been doing has been right. Um, not stopping, not taking no for an answer. Mm -hmm. um, and again, just because somebody with the title like district attorney or state trooper basically tells you it is what it is and you're just going to have to go along with it. Um, no, that's not right. Yeah. That's why laws are in place. That's why procedures are in place. And when you don't follow procedures and you don't hold people accountable, especially when a life was taken, then something's wrong and it's okay to speak out against it. It's fine. In fact, um, I would encourage it. Took the words right out of my mouth. Encourage. Absolutely. My experience of it was total shock because me and Colton's mom, what was it, Mark? Um, Michelle. Michelle. Michelle, we were both talking about it together. And I went down not expecting anything because I have never been treated. I mean, as a woman, and I've been had my own business for 25 years, I had learned to be treated with a certain amount of respect in this community and in our, because I did my job and people respected my talent. But after dealing with the DPS and the DA's office here, they literally treated us and my son and Katie's dad like we were insane like we were so ignorant that we couldn't possibly understand the goings-ons 
of their world. Where we're, we all have college educations. We're not stupid. And to go down and talk to Michelle, and they were treated the exact same way. She is a very whip-smart history teacher. Her husband works in machine shops of some sort. But she had the exact same thing. Her kid was tested, blood tested. John Palmer was blood tested. Katie was blood tested. But no, don't ask that the criminal be blood tested. And how dare I, you know, call off my jihad, quit being mob mentality, just insulting me at every point to where the last time I talked to him, he was screaming at me as I walked out the door. And I've never lost it. I've never lost it on him. I just say, we're going to shine a light on this. We're not stopping. Look at me when I tell you this will never go away. Mm-hmm. Because he does not know what he's dealing with. And then to go down there. And I just teared up because these representatives. And even the ones against the bill treated us so respectfully came out and talked to us over and over and over and just told us how how they understood and that it was wrong and that we weren't crazy, that this happened and that we're not wrong. They are. This county is wrong, that no one has came forward, that they have, you know, basically circled the wagons and shut us out, won't answer our freedom of information, nothing. Just act like we're stupid. You know, it's really eye-opening as someone who has had, I have a business, my husband has a business, Palmer has a business here, to be treated like you're trash. Mm -hmm. And it's just been, but when we went to Austin, it was the first validation. No, y'all are doing what you're supposed to do. This is what should have been done. And it, it was like a weight off my shoulders. I already feel like a weight has been lifted because just to be listened to, it was great. And it's crazy to think that you have to feel validated based upon the facts of the case that a man admittedly drove blind for a quarter mile, again, 38 seconds going between 30 and 35 miles per hour, crossed over the roadway and hit two people. And then 50 minutes later, blew a .06. It's crazy to think that this has ended up where it's at. Take alcohol out of the uh, the equation. The man drove blind. The man crossed over the road. The man admitted to driving blind. The man admitted that he shouldn't have been driving. And honest to God, I do not know what the district attorney's office did in that grand jury hearing. Pardon me. I don't know what they didn't do. Mm. It is astounding to me the level of incompetency that that went on. And Tarif did such a horrible job that day. Uh, I mean, I know that you you and I have talked talked about that. Yeah. Um, you know the fact that um, he did not mark the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, only took photographs of the truck. In fact, when I met with um, first district attorney pardon me, first assistant district attorney Ashmore, um, I was going over pictures on my phone and he asked if he could have those pictures because DPS did not supply him with pictures of the scene. I was forwarding him those pictures. I I was texting him those pictures that Katie's aunt took the day after. My sister and I went up there. Mm -hmm. She used to be a paralegal and she was like, this looks too unmarked. It looks like nothing happened here. There's no crime scene evidence. There's no, Mm-mm. you know, there's no markers. There's nothing. Nothing happened. Which I, I would assume that when DPS shows up on scene, um, 
after an incident, not an accident, after an incident like, like this, that their sole job is to collect evidence of what was done. When Tarif left, again, he didn't mark where Foster stopped his truck when he came to a rolling stop. He didn't mark where Katie's body was. He didn't mark where my body was. He didn't mark where our shoes were that were knocked off of our feet. Um, Did not talk to any of the neighbors that identified Foster. There was a gentleman that lived across the street that told me that he heard um, that he heard the impact and looked at his window approximately, oh, well over 100 feet away mm-hmm. and identified Corey's truck and Corey Foster getting out and just thought that that was him slamming his door and he was getting his, his dog. Um, he didn't talk to neighbor that lived all the way at the end of the, um, the road. Uh, she identified Foster from hundreds of feet away, identified the truck and Foster. Uh, she was on the scene minutes after it happened and was there um, with Katie and I and never talked to her once. She tried to approach him. And uh, at one point in the video, he, he waved her off. So your sole purpose is to collect evidence and you did a very good job of not doing your job. Well, and the, and the woman that stayed with Katie and Palmer while Katie died and was trying to help him, she stayed for an hour and a half offering to talk to somebody. They never talked to her. So when DPS shows up 30 minutes after the incident and you don't talk to anybody about, hey, what happened from time of impact to me getting here. Never talked to any of the paramedics or firefighters as to what Corey's condition was right after. Never talked to that neighbor that was on scene again, minutes after nothing. That right there is dereliction of duty. That is, that is actually going above and beyond to not do your job. And I, and I can't put it any more plain than that. No. Um, negligence, 110%. And by 10.30, my granddaughter, Bella, had already found out on Instagram that her mom was dead. We didn't know it till what, 12.30 or 1? But, know. you know, so it had already went out on our Grayson County scanner and the police... So everything that was scanned that, you know, they had on the scanner mm-hmm. was all known. So he knew, I mean, he knew it was a fatality. He knew it was, he was in ICU. So it was. Even if it know, hadn't been a fatality. Exactly. It well, shouldn't. But, sorry. There, yes. No, you're fine. They're like, even if Katie hadn't died, there should have been yeah. more steps taken to preserve that scene. So what what angers me is Tarif Alkati knew the severity of what happened. Okay. Arriving on scene and a medical evac helicopter has beat you to the scene from South Sherman. Okay. Has beat you to the scene. They've already landed. Okay. So I remember when I was laying next to Katie. And um, the EMTs and firefighters were um, trying to best take care of her, uh, which from what my recollection was, they they seemed to do a great job. They were very methodical, didn't get rattled. Um, I remember, I want to say within the first minute or two, I believe I heard somebody uh, stating that they need to get a helicopter. So there, there was never a discussion um, about, you know, what are we going to do? Is she okay? Immediately, um, from what I recall, uh, that, that was discussed very quickly after they arrived on scene. Um, by the time they got on scene, she, her, her eyes were, were fixed. And she had short, labored breathing 
about every 10 to 15 seconds, okay? Um, by the time Tarif got there, the helicopter had already landed. I was already in an ambulance. Mm-hmm. Kate was on a gurney um, being tended to. And um, I'm not sure why they were waiting to get her to the, the ambulance. I, they, they, they were doing their job. Um, <clears throat> but as a DPS officer, as a state trooper, if you show up to a scene and a helicopter has landed to transport somebody to the number one trauma center in the region, I'd say that's serious. I say, you know, that there's something very serious and life threatening going on back. in I believe it was 2017 or 18. Um, and I've posted this on our, our page. Al-Khatib made a statement to the Herald Democrat regarding um, an accident with two young men. One was sent via ambulance, I believe, to Wilson and Jones or TMC, one of the local hospitals. And another one of the men um, was put into a care flight. And I'm paraphrasing this, but he stated, you know it's serious and life-threatening if somebody is transported in a helicopter. He said this back in 2017. It's in print. He, he was quoted as saying that. So going back to that day, when he talks to one of his supervisors and states that kind of made it sound like, and I'm paraphrasing again, she just kind of whacked her head. That is insulting to me. That is very insulting. And I believe the whole time he minimized this, he downplayed everything. And Well, the statistics wow. show that 20% of people live through a medevac. Only 20%. Yeah. So when I <clears throat> saw Katie, I was running to get to her. All I could think of was 20%. <clears throat> and there were so many ambulances and um, firemen. There's probably, I think, 15 or so that I thought all four of them had been a hit. Because the kids always go, and I usually go too, but the kids always go, especially in the mornings, you know, or something. So I saw John Palmer sitting, I saw him in the ambulance. I didn't know if he was alive or dead, but I saw Katie and they were, they pulled up the gurney and started. I tried to get to her and somebody finally came out and kind of held on to me. And told me I couldn't go to her. And I kept, I just kept asking them, where was Bell and Brandon? Where were the kids? And then they told me there wasn't. So it was just right up there. So I started running down here to their house to find them. But there were so many people there and everything. But what gets me is everybody was very serious and focused except Corey and Tarif Al-Khatib. So from that moment to this, this is what we have dealt with mm-hmm. this county. Mm-hmm. All we want is justice. That's that's all that we've asked, asked for. That's it. So I, I make no apologies for anything at all. And we're not going to stop. And what about transparency? <laughs> Why not? We we submitted, I, I submitted 15, well, 16 now. Um, I sent another Freedom of Information request um, last week to Brett. So that's 16 Freedom of Information Act requests. We've got back 115 pages <clears throat> of reasons why uh, they're not going to willfully give us all the information that they've either gathered or collected. Um, why not? And it's it's been a year, but I remember days or a week after um, I talked to Tarif on the phone. I asked him about a blood test. <clears throat> he said he didn't get one, but he blew a .06. He said that 
and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not direct quoting. Mm-hmm. If that we got a point zero six, but look, that's that's fine because um, if we had gotten a blood test, it would have been a lot lower, and that's is that's what you would have had had to have dealt. So by the time we tested, he might have been down to a point zero three or point zero two. Now that's a big assumption to make. Well, again, I'm not a lawyer. Um, Me neither. I've I've not had dealings with uh, the criminal justice system ever, unless it was like not wearing a seatbelt back in Dallas, back in like 02 or 03. Um, But I remember thanking him, going, oh, okay, thank you. Because that's, that's growing up, you know, I was always told to respect police. And I still do to this day. Um, they have a very important job. If I ever had an issue at my house, I'm going to call 911. Um, support the police. Back back the police. And I trust the police. And Tarif um, was not trustworthy. He told me something that I uh, believe he knew was not correct in telling me that it's better that we got the PBT at 0.06. That's going to be in my report. Now that, that can't be talked about. Um, pardon me. Um, the assistant district attorney decided that we could not bring that up because it was a PBT and not a blood test. Now knowing what, what I know, had a blood test been administered, then um, you go to a toxicologist and they, they, they could give you approximately within certain parameters about where he was at. All we want is justice. You know, again, I've, I've said that and I, I feel like a broken record and that's all we want is justice. That's all that we've ever wanted. Yeah. Um, we're not going on a witch hunt. We want justice for Katie. That's that's all that we want, and we don't understand why it's why it's so hard to get justice. I mean that 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 sounds that sounds even ridiculous saying that given the circumstances that we've all been through over the past year. It's absurd, but um, we've got just we've 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 got some bad actors, and. That's what we're going going against, and, and, it, and it and it shouldn't be like it 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 shouldn't be where the victims it it feels no, I, it I I even hate saying that because I I don't want mm-hmm. I don't want to go against I want to work with, but Austin gave us validation, and yeah. I think that's one thing you know we think we're very confident. In, in what we're doing and we know what, what we're doing is, is right. Mm-hmm. But to see those, those people um, and those people being legislatures, pardon me, legislators. And uh, you know, even those that opposed uh, house bill five fifty eight, which I hope passes and makes it onto the house house floor. I hope it passes committee mm-hmm. um, to have those people look at this, hear our testimony and make it a point to tell us that what happened that day was wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it, it wasn't a misstep. Um, it was misconduct. And, and it was 11, 1130 at night and three or four of them came out and talked to us for another 30 or 45 minutes. I was blown away. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Specifically about what occurred in Grayson County. Yeah, and we discussed not only what happened that day, mm-hmm. but what hasn't happened since. So, I believe the right people are going to start looking. I hope so. And I'm 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 fine with that. I mean, I'm I'm 100. percent You know what? And if they had told us that we would have had to have waited 13 more hours, yeah, um, it was all worth it. <laughs> to try 
and get justice for Katie. So, and, and I know that our, our purpose um, in, in Austin was supporting uh, House Bill 558, which I believe is very important. I, I, I don't find um, anything wrong with getting blood from a motorist that hits a pedestrian and causes serious injury no. or death. I don't. It blows my mind that it is not the standard. And that's what every that's what everybody says. You know, I because can't because it doesn't make any sense. No, he gets driven home by DPS, assured he's not a problem. You're all right. Hey, go ahead and tell tell your mom that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, I get driven to to the ICU, mm-hmm. um, not knowing where my wife was going. I, I was fi- finally told uh, that she was going to go to Plano. And um, my wife left that golf course and she left this world before she got on that helicopter. Um, And then she only makes it back here in a box. Uh, We we haven't been able to grieve. Uh, We were, um, you know, respectful of everybody else due to COVID uh, did not want to have a, um, you know, real small memorial. Wanted to have one um, to where you know anybody who wanted to show up could. And um, her her remains are are still on my nightstand. And it it shouldn't be like this. We we shouldn't have to fight the same institutions that are supposed to be working with us, not for us, with us. Um, it's, this has been a night nightmare. I mean, it's, it's, it was one horrible incident that has contributed to the next one, contributed to the next one, contributed to the next one. And again, we did not want to be put in this spot. I would have been just happy living my perfect life the way it was with my wife and my kids and never having to go, go through this. We did not seek this out. Um, but this is something that was forced, forced upon us. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we're acting like anybody else would if their loved one was was killed and no justice was rendered at all. Thank you all so much for listening and thank you to John and Rhonda for being so open about the most difficult and painful experience of their lives. I know this is hard to listen to, but imagine being John Palmer or Rhonda Nail or Katie's children and knowing that the person responsible for taking Katie's life is still walking around, living his life, doing as he pleases, no regret, not a care in the world. And with that, you might be able to experience just a fraction of what this family is going through. In my episode notes, I have linked several sources, including the body cam footage, as well as all of the social media accounts that are in support of Katie. Please follow them and help this family get justice for Katie Palmer. And also please join me next week for an even more eye-opening episode about the investigation into the crash that claimed the life of Katie Palmer and blow the lid off why this case was mishandled from the very first minute. Until next time, stay safe, friends.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.